gentlemen, welcome to For Geek's Sake. My name is Al Sterling in the studio today with producer Al. Hey, everybody. Dan's not here. I don't know. I was trying to do, <laughs> I was trying to do something with it. I don't know if it worked or not. Um, also, we have today our uh, lovely co-host, Liz. Hello. I am your lovely co-host. Co-host. And also joining us from Indie Game Alliance, uh, Matt Holden. Uh, very Welcome to the show, man. Thanks. I uh, also managed to completely mess up my headphone. We're we're doing really good, guys. This is great. We're gonna. I was wondering why my headphones were like no volume in my headphones <laughs> at all. I was like, "What's going on here?" Dan, we need you. Dan, this we is... we suffer greatly without you. So Dan had a uh, slight, let's call it a logistical issue, and was unable to join us for the episode. So uh, I'm gonna try to run the board again. I haven't run the board <laughs> while hosting since episode I think seven. Uh, maybe eight or nine. I don't know. Whatever Dan started, and if, actually, if you go back and listen to the audio, and it sounds like crap, I was probably running the board. So let's see how this works. We're excited! Yay! Uh, also, got Ivan in the studio. He doesn't get a microphone, but he's uh, running our cameras. So you make sure you can check us out on YouTube because that is a thing that we have and we do things. <laughs> but not last week. But not last. Not week. last week. Last week was not. Which is probably better. I really didn't need to see that. <laughs> you guys were. You guys were off the rails. Well, you know, um, you can't hold this. I know I got nothing. No, uh, nothing. All right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, a little bit of housekeeping first and foremost. So, folks, here's what's going on. Um, we've mentioned on the st- on the show previously that uh, we kind of like launched a Patreon uh, account. Here's what's going on. Um, we have expanded out our uh, our offerings here. You know, we've now got the the YouTube piece that we're launching. We're going to actually be doing live streams in the next. I'm hoping within the next month uh, we'll start actually doing live streams. So Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Okay. Around Let's Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, around Tuesday. Around t- Tuesday after like work. When sometime. you get home from work at some point, yeah, you we'll... can listen to us live. So And that'll be great. We'll do Wait that. a minute, but if we're live streaming, does that mean that we start? We have to start being punctual? Mm. It just it just means that we'll start we'll start recording well, it. Like, well, we well, no, we're going to start at Tuesday at six p.m. Notice we didn't mention a time zone. That's yeah. true. Oh, there you go. That it's gives us like a it's six somewhere. o'clock somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So um, the anyway that will allow because we'd, we'd love to get interaction from you guys, so you guys will be able to listen and comment on the show as it goes, and we can take your questions, and our guests can take your questions, and all that stuff. So we're we're looking to do that too. But the fact of the matter is, this show actually actively costs us money to produce. Um, just for a whole myriad of reasons. Uh, and so we've gotten to the point where we've just kind of slammed up against uh, as far as we can get. So um, that's where we launched the Patreon. Um, I, you know, as, 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 as the guy who did this and started this and all this, uh, the show was a passion project. Um, I'm not here to get rich off of this. If I was, it was a terrible, that's a terrible <laughs> way to get rich. I really should stick to like bank robberies or something with a much higher success rate. Uh, but we would love uh, your support. So if you enjoy the show and um, if you'd like to be a part of helping us continue to do what we're trying to do, uh, patreon.com slash for geek's sake. Like a dollar an episode is really what we're looking for. If you could Help do a dollar. Poor. Yeah, there's no, there's nobody here that has money so uh and i've thrown my lack of money at this for a while now and my wife has started to wish that i would spend it on food so i'm kidding his kids are hungry oh oh my god can i show listen nobody's gonna see my fat little two-year-old be like that kid no one one will believe that your children are starving no my children have not missed a meal ever though that little fat son of a bitch he's adorable and i love him but that little chunk delicious over there is not nobody's gonna buy that like they're gonna look at me look at him and be like yeah y'all are fine (laughs) 
Maybe you need some new clothes, but the food <laughs> is not the issue. Anyway, patreon.com slash for geek's sake. Dollar an episode if you can do it. That would be awesome. Uh, I'm not going to do a big like financial push or whatever. We're not a church. Um, <laughs> Are we not? Can we not change this to the Church of Geek? Um no, we cannot. Okay. I mean, no. you'd be tax exempt. I, I oh. right. As, as it is, which, I mean, what I need is another place to lose money. It's that's... a business decision. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, patreon.com slash for geek's sake. Check it out. If you wouldn't mind, a dollar an episode, we would really appreciate it. All the money goes to a quasi worthy cause. Not a good cause, but like a cause. It goes a to decent, a cause. It's a decent cause. It goes to a cause. It goes to a like cause. That. Tacos and rent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't... tacos and rent. What oh, are, my God. If I have like... to. We, I'm hoping to get to the point where we can afford tacos. I'm not trying to get their rent money. That's not. That's not tacos over everything. Well, no, I just mean we probably have enough for like a taco each. That's really what we're. Anyway, so that's that piece. All right, so that's 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 our housekeeping stuff. Uh, let's move on to some this week in geek. Up first, uh, the Han Solo movie. Did you guys discuss the Han Solo movie last week? Sure, did not. Oh, that's right, because literally you guys recorded. <laughs> And immediately, like literally Tuesday, and then yeah, we had like three stories like, that all immediately dropped. Immediately after we hit stop, right? Like I it was funny too because producer Dan actually posted them. I think probably from the studio. Yeah, like he literally hit stop. Looked at the, looked at his phone. And was like son of a. So um, <laughs> among them was the Han Solo movie exploded. Just just blah, just unraveling. Just all like sort, a pile of spaghetti. Like a pile. Does spaghetti unravel? I sure. I don't think that was the best. D- does spaghetti? I, I don't know. I'm off today. Yeah, it's a weird Tuesday. It's weird. Don't worry, Matt's here to pick up the slack. Yeah, do it. Do it, God Matt. Help you us. Gotta... Uh-oh. Nope, <laughs> Matt's not here to pick up the slack. We're all in trouble. Abort, abort. So, um... It's like, spaghetti does, generally doesn't last around me long enough to unravel. <laughs> that is actually a really good point here. I'm a uh, big fan of twirling. I no longer cut my spaghetti. You used to cut your spaghetti? I cut my spaghetti until I was in my like late 20s. What is wrong with you, you monster? Uh, Are you If you're going to do that, just, like, just get SpaghettiOs already. That? Oh, my God. Chef Boyardee. Listen. Win. No joke. That That is ground. That is, and this, and this is a testament to why I am still as single as I am. Uh-huh. But if I was on a date with a guy and he told me that he cut his spaghetti, like that would be it. I would probably never call him again. Okay, so cut spaghetti. Absolute deal breaker just for you. Absolute yeah, deal just, breaker. Yeah, just, can just, we, just get like goulash or can something. We, I need one of our listeners, can since we? you're not going to send her the switch that you were supposed to, can you please instead keep track of all the things that are deal breakers for Liz? Can we do a weekly deal breaker yeah, segment? I'm, can we make this a thing now? Yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I am super prepared, so we're writing this down on a napkin. Uh, so, so far totally we have... official show journal. Cut, absolutely. <laughs> cut, uh, this, this will be one in the museums later when they ask about the, something. Cut spaghetti. <laughs> deal breaker. Uh, that's what I'm hearing there. Yep. Okay. Any other deal breakers <laughs> we should know about right out the gate? No, we, we can only do one a week. Okay. I'm wondering about that. I'm, 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 we'll do a backtrack here because I know you've missed a couple. Weren't Oxford collars? Wasn't there something about a collar... Like, Ox- is Oxford a, collars? collars Oxford. Or, is it, or is it a popped collar? If she's got a popped collar, is oh, that a deal? Well, well, yeah, I'm from New Jersey, so obviously a popped collar is a deal breaker. Re- I thought from New Jersey, popped collar would be like a prereq. I ran away from that. Okay. That oh, because you left. here. Okay. The, All right. We don't, no, no, no. But cut spaghetti, deal breaker. Yeah, cut spaghetti, Okay, no. that's good. No. I I don't cut it anymore. That, <laughs> I mean, I do, but it's for my children now. Um, well, it, I, I mean, you don't have a chance anyway, so. What, with you? <laughs> That's good. I think that works out really well for all concerned. Yeah. My wife is very particular. Considering that your um, wife and I are very good friends, it's right. a really good thing. Right, right. I actually believe, here's no the chance. thing. If I will say this. If you decided that, I, I'm pretty sure she'd give me away for a, I mean. Jen, I would oh. like to make it very clear that your husband has absolutely no chance with me. 
Don't try and pawn that crap off on me. <laughs> You're not dumping your waste on me. Anyway, uh, speaking of waste, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller were fired. That's not terribly nice. They actually did the Lego movie, and they did really good work on it. Um, they were a weird choice for the Han Solo movie, if I can try to attempt to transition this back. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I thought they were kind of an odd choice, but I was willing to go along with it because I kind of like what they did. But they're gone, and they've gone with Ron Howard instead. So that's a bit of a shift. Um, that may be an overcorrection. Be- yeah, well, you think? I don't know. Here's the question. Are you a Star Wars fan? Who isn't? Okay, I'm just making sure. I don't I, wanna- oh, I know some people. Also we, a deal breaker. Okay, Star Wars. Also oh, a deal we breaker. Got two this week. Okay, now we're we're filling. Okay, hang on. Star Wars. Also well, deal breaker. Lack of Star no, Wars. Lack, lack of Star Wars. Lack of Star Wars. Deal breaker. Yeah, actually, if you if Star Wars was a deal breaker, we'd have to reinvestigate your <laughs> probably your be fired. Role. Yeah, I can't really. We I haven't hit my ninety days. That's uh, yeah, true. This is right to work. <laughs> my state. probation. Well, hang on. They, they pay you around here? No, no, you can, no. no. It literally costs money to do the show. <laughs> I don't know. I got a donut before the show today. So what? what? I mean, maybe if the Patreon does well. Yeah, know, maybe we maybe can get day. tacos. That's true. Actually, what's funny, too, is about the Patreon, I will say this, it has to be divided five ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that dollar a week. Maybe, maybe five dollars an episode. So maybe five dollars an episode. Yeah, it's, like, it's 20 cents each uh, by the time we cover all of the things. Anyway, so um, Ron Howard. There we go. Ron Howard. Here's my question, and like to be quasi-serious for a quarter of a moment. Um, I know. With the uh, with with Phil Lord and Chris Miller, you had uh, a, a a dynamic pair of young directors that had mm-hmm. done things like the Lego Movie that shouldn't have worked. The Lego Movie should not have worked. Yeah, that should have failed miserably. But something about it just it's was so amazing. Good. And and they had a vision and they had a tone and they had a bunch of stuff that worked. So I looked when I saw them get put on the Han Solo movie. That told me that much like uh uh. uh Rogue One? Thank you. My brain just was like, no, I'm not giving you that information. Matt for the win. (laughs) Thank you, Matt. Thanks for saving the show again. Okay. Uh, Much like Rogue One, we were looking for something that was very tonally different than your traditional, the the traditional movies, your your maiden, I don't know, what, eight, nine part series or whatever they're doing here. (laughs) Fifteen part. You know they're going to sack on something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get to a point. You're just like, you know, there's going to be a standalone movie about Yoda as a young boy and... I would watch that. I would watch Who the wouldn't? crap out of that. Absolutely. I bet Yoda doesn't cut his spaghetti. <laughs> he doesn't have to. He just uses the force. It's just he's got a lightsaber. Uh, yes. Stick it in there. Once it's gonna be hard good. though because you gotta make sure that plate doesn't. I don't. Anyway, we're going way too far with this. Um, but totally different. Now you've gone to Ron Howard, who is an amazing director. Not upset that Ron Howard is directing this movie, but are we are we overcorrecting? Well, I mean, I feel like the first thing with uh, is it, that you have to consider is it's not Michael Bay. So there's that. Okay. Okay. Um, also not in my Tamalon. There's that. Um, right. Or me. You know, uh, I mean. I'm not know, a terribly accomplished director. I mean, Ron Howard did do Apollo 13. Right. And I mean, you know, the, the Han Solo will be flying around in kind of a busted ass ship because okay. that's sort of his thing. Okay. So, I mean, just, you know, get Tom Hanks up there with Chewbacca and you're good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Tom Hanks as uh, as a younger Han Solo. I don't know if that's going to work. Older Han Solo. Older Han Solo. It's, it's not Shia LaBeouf either. So. Oh, God. Oh, LaBeouf. Oh, don't. Uh, speaking of which, are you, though. Are you concerned that, that Ron Howard might make it a little bit too serious? Well, I, I what I'm concerned about here is that you're that you're not going. The, to me, what I loved about these these solo films, that like Rogue One, 
is that you've got something that feels very different. It feels a little more the way Marvel has done with their with their movies, where you've got something like Ant Man, which is basically a heist movie but with superheroes in it. You know what I mean? Right. Like when you get in, I was looking for something similar from these Star Wars standalone movies, where you've got a it's a film set in the Star Wars universe, but it's going to take a have a different feel, a different almost yeah. genre shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really want the Han Solo movie to be to feel like Firefly. Exactly. You know, give, give me a smuggler running around, get escaping by the by the skin of his teeth, kind of thing. Exactly. You know, and and I don't want like you know Death Stars exploding and every Star Wars character we've ever seen before. Exactly. At that point, it's not a solo movie anymore. It's right. Exactly. And I th- and that's and that's where I'm wondering here too. It was like, I mean, again, not upset with Ron Howard, amazing director, incredible movies under his belt, incredibly talented, but, eh. Uh, and also another news, by the way. Speaking of which, uh, Han Solo star Alden Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. Yeah, yeah. I'll go, we'll go with Aaron. Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. Yeah. Ehrenreich. 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 <laughs> you get uh, a when you say it. Uh, he uh, is apparently. I don't want to. Uh, there, so there's there's conversations that the studio was not happy with him, uh, and they brought which, it in and as then, the star of the movie. Is problematic. It's slightly concerning. So he doesn't have, I mean, he didn't have a ton of acting credits under his belt before he got. He was a relative unknown, which is not uncommon. I mean, we did, you saw, that was pretty much everybody well, in uh, it, The Force Awakens. Well, yeah, and I mean, and I think it's 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 kind of a, a nice homage to the guy. Harrison Ford? Thank you. There. Okay. <laughs> what is wrong I, with I blanked today? on Rogue One, so we're going to be... Okay, we're just going to be blanks. Just wow. blank. So, you know, because Harrison Ford, I mean, Star Wars was kind of his breakout role, and he was a nobody, so it... Uh, yeah, and I'm okay with know? that. See, I'm 100% okay with all of these things, but they brought in an acting coach, which, again, isn't odd, but they brought in very <laughs> like, late in production. Yeah, like, as we're rapping. Right. So, there. I don't want to pull this one too far out, out of whack, though, because they just replaced the directors. Yeah. So, there's every chance that... There's going to be a tonal shift. There's going to be a ton of reshoots. We can expect that with the director brought in this late in the game. They obviously weren't happy with what they were seeing, so you're going to have to do reshoots, and you're going to have to coach a very young actor to do something very different. Who, the, and who, by the way, has to, as we mentioned, step in the Han and Harrison Ford's shoes to play Han and Solo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can't make the character his own. He's got to. Right. He's got to sort of mold into that. It's all. It's almost as bad as like a historical role where you're playing like somebody who really existed, some sort of biograph- biographical piece. Right. Yeah. And usually for something like that, you have something like a Lincoln where we bring in what's his face, Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis, right. who was going to go so method, it's I, I, terrifying. Well, I mean, I'm just I Wikipedia feel... for this episode. Yeah, thank you. I, I feel. I feel like <laughs> the you know. I'm glad one of us is. The announcement of Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian was so well received. Like oh. nobody questioned it. Nobody. He was like, "Well, how is he gonna? How is he gonna fill Billy yeah. Williams' shoes?" They're like, it's Donald freaking Glover. He's it's gonna. It's gonna be great. It's fine, Donald, although that's Donald Fajan, not Donald Glover. I'm no, sorry, what? she's right. Donald, Donald Glover. Glover. Who's Donald? Who's Donald Fajan? Oh, Donald <laughs> Fajan's from Scrubs. Different. Very different. Very different. Yeah, Donald Glover's from Community. Yeah, <laughs> I am not. You're racist. <laughs> All right, let's move on. What do we got next? Please, quickly to the next slide. Oh God. Oh God, it's the best cut spaghetti. We didn't. <laughs> More spaghetti, uh, Elon. Not oh, to, Elon. yeah. No, he, he's he's making still making up for lost time here. So uh, after his his what was that four part this week in Elon last week? Yeah, we had four we had four pieces on Elon last yeah, week because he was taking us to Mars and mm-hmm. we were building his tunnels mm-hmm. and yeah, he was just all over the place. We found all the planets that he's gonna. That, oh wait, no, that was a different thing. But me and Elon are gonna run away to the the class M planets. Oh, well, that's cute. When the robots to... take over, sure. I'm just because you that you I'm not okay learn. with. As I like so, to keep reminding everyone. Yeah, keep reminding them. As long as I keep reminding them that we welcome our robot overlords, <laughs> you're on your own. 
I will no, be no, no, very me, clear. Me and Elon are, are we're taking. That's off. fine. I will sell you out. We're going to Mars. When the robots look at me and say, "Prove your loyalty," I'll be like, "She's right over there." <laughs> She's right. The, the important thing: you don't have to outrun the robot. You just have to outrun the person next to you. Yeah, unfortunately, that's usually me that they're outrunning. They're like, they're like, ah, I cannot run out. Just have a bucket of water on you at all times. Oh, to like throw in the robots? Yeah, to like short them out. You don't think you don't think they're going to get past water as a I don't barrier know. to? I mean, I guess they. I mean, anyway. So here's what Elon's up to. Uh, Elon it launched uh, two rockets in 48 hours inside of 48 hours, which is a huge deal. Like that's that's insane. That you can't do that. No commercial company has ever done it before. I don't know. It's the article was specifying commercial company. I don't know of a nation that's launched two within forty eight yeah, right? hours. It's, Russia yeah. did it. Uh, Russia launched two Soyuz crafts in the same day once. How did they? From, this guy. from different uh, from different launch pads. You Can know, he come back every week? I don't know. Maybe he's my new co-host. He knows. Oh my god. I'm kidding. I'd re- I'll replace. Actually, Dan. Matt, if you could just can go you, away. No. <laughs> if he actually, we'll just teach him to run a board, and then he I, can. I actually know how. Uh oh, Dan. Dan, you're fired. Uh oh, Dan. Oh, Dan got fired on his day off. Oh, oh how and sad I know for where him. the place is now. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. We uh, future guests, please make sure you include the zip code. Just say and whoever that nice lady is at the other 520 Virginia Drive. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, so he launched and landed too. One of the things that I love here, this one little random random tidbit. So there's the drone boat because you know these rockets are reusable. So these rockets yeah. land back on the little drone pad that moves around and they play catch together. Uh, and the name of the drone boat was, of course, I still love you. <laughs> Which, if we're for, a retrieval, for one of them, uh, for the one in the Atlantic that they keep there is, uh, of course, I still love you. The one in the Pacific that caught the Sunday launch uh-huh. is just read the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That is incredible. And I read the article and I didn't see that. You, sir, are now showing off. Uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. We really need the backup here today. <laughs> really? So we're good. Just. Me and Al are not braining well. Just today. read the show notes. Just read the show notes. It's all there. We have a we have all of these show notes we put together. We spend this is what's crazy to do. We spend so much time prepping for episodes and it doesn't show at all. No, no. I, I read the document you emailed me like at red lights on the way here. <laughs> It's like, I already know about this, I already know about this, I already know about this. All right. All right. Let's keep on keeping on. Take a look what's going on. Okay, so this I am stoked about. Are I you? Wanna, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So Supernatural, uh, let's actually, let's pause. Let's talk about Supernatural for just a second. Let's talk about Supernatural um, for a second. If you have not finished this season, if you were on, they're on, just wrapped up season 12. Yeah, they announced a renewal for 13, but they right. haven't started uh, airing episodes yet. So if you're watching as, it, as it's aired, then season 12 is just wrapped up. And I know some of you may still be around the season 9, season 10. You're dealing with some Mark Kane, uh stuff going down here. I, I just finished just... season 3. Should I leave the room? No, no, you're good. <laughs> you're good. La, 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 just... yeah, right. I need, all I need you to know is that it gets better. Yes. Uh, well, I, I had a, I had a, I had a hard time for the longest time with Supernatural because I don't like spooky things, and so I watched the first season, and the first season of Supernatural is very like all catch the monster, spooky things, and I right. was like, no, I'm not watching this yeah, show. Yeah, the, the monster of the week thing pretty yeah. much goes away by After season, season two one, or three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the important thing to know if you're in season three, season four, is that if you haven't seen him yet, there will soon be an angel, and he will be awesome. That's what season you need to four, know. episode one, is where Supernatural gets amazing. Okay. And then uh, it And gets, then everything from season 7 to 11 is basically fan fiction. It is it, it's a long hard slog through a lot of that. <laughs> okay. uh, but if you make it through there, this current season is as almost as good as season 4. I mean, it is some of the best supernatural 
ever, and I'm very excited for that. So that's just a quick uh, aside for those of you who are still out there and trying. Uh, but there is a new Supernatural spinoff that they're trying to This is their second spinoff. The first spinoff they tried to do was Bloodlines, and they tried to backdoor a pilot, and that one was going to be about monster families. Uh, that it went didn't... exactly like you thought it would. <laughs> Nobody was down. Like, what? Are you... That's stupid. So um, what they've done instead now is they've got Wayward Sisters, uh, and the uh, focusing around Jody Mills, who plays the sheriff. Is, is the name of the act, the character? Uh, Jody Mills is the sheriff that they run into. Uh, the one with the short dark hair. For those of you who are completely confused, <laughs> so the idea here is that she's going to run a uh, house for wayward girls uh, that get affected by supernatural tragedies. So, like in, this, in most supernatural episodes, somebody horrifically dies. Like it's like Law and Order. Somebody right up front, they go and die. You know, they go and die. And so there's a really and usually they're like stuck to the ceiling and on fire, right? Or yeah, something on those something something horrific. So yeah. really, I think Sam and Dean have left a long trail of orphans in their wake. Oh, no. um, so, or at least single parents or something. <laughs> so the uh, so the idea here is that she would be there. So this is like the girl power version of Supernatural. Okay. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's 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 basically trying to take uh, whereas Supernatural was like, what if we had. Buffy the Vampire Slayer with boys. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be what if we had Supernatural with girls, which is Buffy, Buffy? the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, it's, it's back yeah. to Buffy, right? Yeah, I guess that's my I, thing. Is it's like it, even looking at this, you know, just this 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 poster. Is that would you would you call this a poster? I don't know. Sure, screenshot. This, this screenshot. It's just like it, it. Are they trying to make like female carbon copies of Sam and Dean? You know, like oh my God. we got a, we got a blonde girl and like a broody looking brunette. I never even thought don't, about this. Don't, I don't want to get Don't say that out loud because you might give the showrunners ideas. Oh crap! <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> no, I mean, the, in in there have been episodes, and I don't want to spoil too much for you, but uh, the uh, the uh, girls that that are there, I've got, I can't remember their names right now. But, it doesn't uh, matter. But yeah. yes, I you but, could, I could I see mean, it. Yeah, I, I, these these characters are already introduced. In yeah. the supernatural, yeah. ba- basically, yeah. uh, they're not the, brand the new Jody, manifestations the, the, of no, the, no. the matriarch there uh, loses her family to a to a supernatural thing, okay. and then uh, the brothers basically have dropped both of those girls off as troubled girls that they've rescued oh, that okay. have been living with her. We've seen them in a couple of episodes in. Uh, they probably appear in one or two episodes a season from about season eight on. So, um, and they're and they're really good characters, actually, all the way around. And Jody okay. Mills, she's supposed to be the focus of the show, and I think she's great. And I really hope they bring in what's her face. There's the other blonde cop that they that has, they that they've interacted with. Oh god, the, the, the girl from uh, from the sheriff from like Minnesota. Or yeah, something. the really super friendly, perky one. And I think they'd just be. It would be really. I'm interested. I'm down. I mean, Supernatural is not going off the air for another hundred seasons anyway. Yeah, right. They're just so never gonna get. Yeah, up. it's just. It's just. Yeah, it's gonna be. You know, Sam riding around in like a. You know, one of the hover round with right. a stake in a wheelchair <laughs> and just the whole thing be done with it. Anyway, so yeah, Wayward Sisters uh, spinoff that's supposed to be coming. They haven't started shooting yet. Only one confirmed for it is the actress who plays Jody, but we're waiting to hear more about it. Uh, but as a big fan, I'm like, all right, I'm willing to give this a shot. Let's see what happens. Up next, we have uh, officially announced <gasps> that the super uh, that the Super Nintendo Classic SNES Classic uh, as a as a officially announced. Surprising no one uh, who's been paying attention because we talked about this actually on the show. Benoit, for the record, called it. Although, I mean, that's I don't know how much credit you get for calling it because everybody also like that's was like kind of like calling there's going to be a Super Bowl next year, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, it was not, but still, he did it. So credit to know. him. All I can say is that I am super excited about this. Was that a pun? No. Okay. I'm literally just super excited. You're about so close to getting your mic muted. Super Nintendo. Where is it? No. Yeah, yeah, you're muted now. No puns. Uh, so the Super <laughs> NES Classic does a couple things. I think there, there's, there's a couple things that are really interesting here. First, 21 games, so a little less than was on the has been currently announced. It could expand, but it's yeah. probably not. Um, so uh, a little less than what we found on the original Nintendo. Mm-hmm. The uh, two controllers this time, which is a big – shows that Nintendo is somewhat listening. <laughs> um, so there's now two. I don't know if the cord length will be longer than eight inches, uh, but the first one had really, really short cords, <laughs> and so it was kind of a pain in the ass. But, um, but it was very nostalgic. It was. It was you had to like, sit on the floor next to the television. You know, part of the issue there, is I bet, I, what I want to know is the original Super Nintendo, so it was criticized for having the cords are being too short. But at that time, this is 1980, what is that? 80s? 1991. 1991 when the first one dropped? Uh, so 1991, the first, first one dropped. Your average TV size there was like 24 inch. Yeah. So you were, there was no you sitting. Could, yeah, there was no sitting far back from the TV anyway because yeah, you couldn't see crap. You couldn't see crap. I actually collect retro video game consoles. Oh. And uh, a lot of the uh, the stuff that came out around the same era as the Atari 2652, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. stuff like the ColecoVision, yeah. the controllers were hardwired to the console. Oh, my God. And wow. you only got about a foot. <laughs> and, and so now I've got them hooked up to, a t- to like, you know, a, 60 inch TV you're sitting there it's like you, you have to turn your head to see stuff to the left and right side right. of the TV oh me and my brother had extension cords on extension cords on extension cords well but cords. you can't do an extension cord when it's hardwired to the con- to the, yeah. to the console yeah no, I mean, um, I mean for the actual console. I guess you could run the con- yeah, run a yeah. larger, ca- longer cable to get yeah. the console into the television. To, to the yeah, TV. so the console yeah. was sitting in that, front well, of you. Well, that's what I finally had to do because I could just hear my mother in the back of my head like, "Matthew, <laughs> right. you're going to go blind." So, <laughs> <back in that. laughs> so the super. So the other really uh, well, a couple of the really great things about this particular console: one, price point, eighty bucks, which. Pretty damn good price for what you're getting. For, I mean, and all the games that are on this. So, and that's the last piece. Uh, literally, this is my childhood wrapped up into one small, like palm-sized. Yes. Console. It does hang on to the Super Nintendo palm-sized piece. This one uh, includes um, ones you would expect. There's a Street Fighter uh, Two Turbo Street, Edition. Yeah, Street Fighter Two. Uh, it's got a uh, Super Mario World. It's it got, has Super Mario World. It has Yoshi's Island. It right. has there were Star Fox, Donkey Super, Kong, Super Mario Kart, but. More importantly, Star Fox 2. Yes. Which was an unreleased sequel to the original Star Fox game. That, I mean, I don't know if Super Nintendo, if Nintendo felt like, well, how do we get people to buy this? To which the answer should have been, make enough. And right. they will, like, that's yeah, all. Right. Just make enough of them. If and then you build it. Nintendo's been struggling with that since about the N64. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really has <laughs> been. So, um, but Star Fox 2 is an unreleased game. So you literally will get a brand new game with this. Yeah. And you get linked to the past, which is the reason why I fell in love with Zelda in the first place. Here, it is literally my favorite Zelda game of all time. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. It's nostalgia, nostalgia. Sure. But as a child, no, just that's, I mean, hours completely... upon hours upon hours. And oh my god, and Final Fantasy three. Final and, Fantasy three, uh, six, and Super Mario RPG. Just... Or six, depending upon how deep your nerd goes. Uh, <laughs> We're on a show called For Geek's Sake. It's six, damn it. <laughs> it. So properly, for those who are not aware, Final Fantasy III dropped for Super Nintendo. It was actually the sixth Final Fantasy game uh, that dropped, but there was a couple that we didn't get here in the States that were only released in Japan. So Final <laughs> Fantasy III for us is Final Fantasy VI for 
those everyone else. Uh, and so depending on how, and if you're curious how deep your nerd cred goes, if you knew that, if you knew that you're like middle level. If you were annoyed that we called it three, then you're a little bit, then you're, you're a little bit deeper there. Guilty so can, is charged. That's fine. We welcome all stripes of nerd here, and that's really yeah. the. The thing with Star Fox 2 is, I mean, yeah, it's neat to get to play a game that we haven't played before, but it was unreleased for a reason, um, which is concerning. The one thing that is pretty cool is if it has the original Star Fox in it, then it has the Mode 7 chip in it, or at least some sort of a good emulator for it, because that was a hardware chip that was inside Star Fox 1 sure. that uh, gave it that quasi-3D sort of feel to it. Right, but considering which was revolutionary for the time. Absolutely. Um, but given this thing is meant to be a nostalgia machine, I can't believe there's no Chrono Trigger on it. I have heard more than one person express something between regret to outrage, depending on who I've heard it from, <laughs> uh, over Chrono Trigger. And I Earthbound. Have, and you, I've never gotten to play well, Chrono Trigger or Earthbound. A lot of people haven't been able to play Earthbound because today you can't buy an, a raw, just, you know, a, a loose cartridge of Earthbound for less than 100 150 bucks. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Crazy. It would be cheaper to buy this whole console than it would be to go buy a cartridge for the SNES you might already still have. Uh. So if they had put Earthbound in there, they could have sold these until the end of time to those people. Probably for a little bit more money, too. Well, and they do, however, they do include Final Fantasy III, which is... Six. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, uh, I think, probably the single most... Like I, I don't know. I, it'd be hard. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm getting in very dangerous territory here. But to me, is one of the greatest RPGs that have ever been made. I think you may argue it's spot, but I don't think there's a there's a there's an RPG fan out there who doesn't have it in their top five. But yeah. if they, but if they do think it's not top, they think Chrono Trigger is better. Exactly. Yeah. My the guys that are more hardcore than me uh, tend to put Chrono Trigger above it. So I find uh, that's usually the different. Um, but they also have Secret of Mana, which was a great one. But I think if I had to choose between. The two, I probably would have rather seen Chrono Trigger over Secret of Mana. I probably would have also seen, uh, preferred to see Secrets of Evermore over Secret of Mana, considering Mana was technically a sequel. Yes, but didn't see the... We're getting a little too deep down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> uh, the point here is, Super Nintendo, this drops... Uh, what was the date on that? September 29th. Uh, honey, can I borrow $80? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Guys, you don't um, have to buy me a Switch if somebody sends me this. Oh, my God. I want one of these so badly. Or you could just get a Switch and then download all those games on Virtual Console. That's very true. That's your, well, that's the thing, too. Is we're going to quickly... I'm okay with this for right now. I like this. When they release the uh, the Xbox Classic, yeah. where <laughs> I'm going to get to the point where I'm like, shut up, okay, guys, let's, let's calm it down. We're going to like... I'm going to need you to take a knee. Like this. It's got... I'm try- I can't remember a single ex- original Xbox game. Halo. Fable. There we go. I wasn't. I Halo wasn't and Fable. Fable. So good. Okay, moving on. Uh, I'll let you do this suddenly to Ivan so he doesn't have time to transition the slides. <laughs> and go. Just like surprise him real quick. Uh, another news. We have announced that Watchmen is being redeveloped uh, and remade, rebooted, re- I'm out of re's, uh, <laughs> for HBO. I am incredibly happy about this. Because I'm going to make and I'm going to make a statement that's not very popular. I did not like the movie. Mm. Uh, I read the comic. I had sent and I there was the comic addressed a lot of deep themes and a lot of deep stuff and a lot of really interesting and conversations about culture and society. And then the movie came out and it was a Zack Snyder film. <laughs> so um, enough said. It was just all of that was just kind of glossed over, which I thought was a bit of a shame. Um, you couldn't really do everything the Watchmen is doing in two hours anyway. Mm-hmm. It really needs to be something like a television, a miniseries at the very least, to be able to fully kind of grasp what's going on here and to appreciate what they're trying to do. But 
This? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Were you a fan of Watchmen? Uh, I'm actually kind of new to the comic book side of, of geekdom. Um, oh, welcome for geek's sake. We cover all of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For me, most of my comic experience started when the MCU got started. Oh, okay. Um, but it's cool for me because, you know, I, I sit, I'll go to the movies with, uh, you know, a friend of mine who's, you know, a total Marvel nut and has been his whole life. And he's sitting there just sort of gnashing at the screen like that's not what's supposed to happen and I'm, and I'm just sitting here like oh look there's iron man again you know and, yeah. you know but, but. Ooh, look at how shiny his suit is that's really one of the great things that's one of the things i think i love most about geek culture at this point though because there is now such an overlap and a heck of a lot easier to get access to things that we wouldn't have before yeah um so the but the watchman does it does it goes deep and it is it is it is a deep and hardcore piece it deals with a lot it's this is a heavy it's a very heavy, heavy, heavy comic. Yeah. Um, and I think that HBO is going to give it the the weight that it needs. Yeah. Uh, that, it's it's exciting that HBO has picked it up because then, you know, it's it's going to be as grungy as it needs to be. Right. Although, I mean, the the Netflix shows, particularly Jessica Jones, I mean, they they've been, haven't been shy about that either. No. And, they, and, and to be clear here, I think HBO, obvi- absolutely. Uh, 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 Netflix could have done this great. AMC could have done this really well. This thing doesn't require an R rating in order to be done properly. Right. But it helps. Yeah. So I think that HBO is, is a great spot for it. Um, I don't know Damon Lindelof, who is the producer, I think, or director, the guy in charge. The, what is it? Oh, he, oh, he did Lost. Okay. So he's done something before. Uh, he was one of the, that's right, I remember that. Wait he, a minute, wait a minute. That's put, are there going to be polar bears in this now? It depends. Yes, it depends and, on. And smoke monsters. Which part of Lost, oh, and, I think, And is also the, people who have been starving for five years and not lost any weight. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on, Hurley. That's, Where are you holding out on your spaghetti, <laughs> Hurley? Uh, do you think, does Hurley cut his spaghetti? No, he just puts it in his, in his with the fist. <laughs> the bunker where he's hiding the tubs of spaghetti. The tubs. You were on that island for like seven years. There was a vending machine in the in the in the <laughs> cargo Sp- hold. He was the only one. Machine. He was the only one with change. It turns out the whole thing. <laughs> the, everybody else was gathering supplies. He was just lo- rooting bodies for loose change. <laughs> That's. It turns out uh, they were all dead, not mostly dead, and so then you have to follow through. <laughs> Uh, nice reference. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank reference you. I'm actually really much. proud of that one. So I appreciate you joining me on that on the magical journey. Mostly dead means partly alive. Uh, yeah, all dead. <laughs> the pockets look for loose change. Anyway, all of which said. So yeah. So this guy did Lost. I actually can I be honest? I didn't watch Lost. I watch Lost from time to time on like hangover days. <laughs> Like when I don't want to think too hard about something, and I don't want to like really enjoy what I'm watching, and I just need something on in the background, it's Lost. Yeah, Lost is what you watch when you can't find the remote. Yeah, (laughs) so you're not you're a Lost fan either. Not really. I I I tried. I watched like the first season on Netflix, and it it just got to a point where I just sort of wanted to throttle everyone on the island because they just. Well, at this point, I I watched it when it first came out, and I watched the first, and I was I was young when Lost first came on the air, so I watched it with my parents, and I was you know a child, so I had no idea what was going on, and I was like, oh, this is stupid, there's a polar bear, and then so I tried to pick up on it again, re- you know, like current, like recently, I recently, think is the word you're looking for yeah. now, and I love it so much because it's so bad. I, the acting is terrible. The dialogue is terrible. Jack is always so serious about something, and he's going to come in and monologue about something. <laughs> I <laughs> tell you, for me, the moment the moment when I couldn't do Lost, I uh, I tried to watch a little bit, whatever else. But there was a scene where um, 
the guy is walking through the jungle mm-hmm. and the music is super tense and it's all tight camera angles and it's all super like it's a heavy gravitas moment and that would have been fine but he was literally going to pee <laughs> and i'm like i can't handle this that's way too stressful of a show i can't handle that much stress like i'm gonna go pee guys no i can't i can't deal um Speaking of things that are entirely too tense, Stephen Moffat, uh, known for his work on Sherlock uh, as and well Doctor as Who. Doctor Who and yeah, a bunch of other stuff. He has now, uh, so he's wrapped with Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Is he still doing Sherlock? He, it can't be he, a full-time well, gig at this he, point he, anyway. He basically, he left Doctor Who because he said he couldn't handle two shows at the same time. And now he's doing Dracula. Sherlock drops an episode a goddamn year. I don't want to hear bullshit about how Sherlock keeps you too busy. You've got to wait for Martin Freeman and Benedict damn Cumberbatch to both be available at the same time. Bro, you got time on your hands. Uh, and apparently he does because he, along with Mark Gaddis, who, by the way, played Mycroft on uh, Sherlock's brother, which I didn't realize that was him and there was a producer. I didn't realize what else he did, but he was awesome. Uh, they're now doing Dracula. Ooh. Here's the thing that I love the most about this. This is going to be amazing. There's just no if Stephen Moffat and 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 basically if the guy if the team that did Sherlock announced we are we'd like to take over Sesame Street. <laughs> Sesame Street is about to hit a level that is just going to blow your goddamn mind. <laughs> um, so, uh, so are they doing Dracula or are they doing the Count? Like what's... <laughs> who knows? Blah. One one dead hooker. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Before you ask. No, One Dead Hooker cannot be the show title. Aww. You never the... let us have any fun. No, we let you have fun last week. And I saw the way that went. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, so, but it's going to be, I mean, this is already going to be amazing. But here's the thing that I love the most about this. We talked about The Mummy and it trying to launch its own, this monster movie universe thing. Right, well, this has nothing to do with the dark universe. I understand that. No, what I'm, I'm, saying I'm is, asking. No, it doesn't. Okay. No, God, no, it doesn't. This is a series. Right. Okay. This is going to do to the, to the monster movie thing what Sherlock did to Elementary. Yeah. Like, if you watch... Oh, but Elementary was, even without Sherlock, Elementary was... You see, here's the thing. If you watched Elementary and you didn't watch Sherlock, you're like, oh, okay, well, this is a fairly by-the-numbers and quasi-interesting network show. You watch one episode of Sherlock, and you look at Elementary, you're like, I'm no longer interested in anything this has to say. <laughs> There's nothing interesting here at all. Ooh, Watson's a girl. Whatever, dude. Like, you can't... No, I'm not interested here. You're not... There's no interesting stories going on. No. Uh, yeah, no, this is... this is Yeah, this does not bode well for the Dark Universe, I don't think. Well, the, the Dark Universe doesn't bode well for itself. Right. But this There's is... room for two Draculas. <laughs> yeah. But it has to be two actual Draculas, right. not... Stephen Moffat's Dracula, and then whatever the hell they're doing over there. Like, who is slated to play it? Do we know who's playing? I don't think we know yet. Did we? Let me. I think. I think the maybe that's why Peter Capaldi's leaving Doctor Who. <laughs> oh my god, he would make a great. Oh my god, he would make an amazing Dracula. Holy god, <laughs> holy god! Why do you plant these ideas? Why do you plant these ideas? Oh my god, I'm so excited. I mean, if I can have Matt Smith back as Doctor Who with no Stephen Moffat, I mean, I'll take that trade in a heartbeat. <laughs> I love Capaldi though. How's it? Where, okay, who's who's the best doctor for you? Is it Matt Smith? It's Matt Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And right. Tenet's a close second. Sure. 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 Is Capaldi beating beating out Eccleston for you? Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm slowly catching up on uh, on season nine uh, to get ready for ten. Um. I just really don't have time to watch TV lately. 
Uh, you got to make time. I do. <laughs> I do have to make time. Um, Sleep is for the week. Yeah. Well, believe me, I know. But, oh, uh, I'm weak. But <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in in season eight, uh, like the first or second episode, there's a there's a, a line where the doc where Capaldi's doctor says to Clara, uh, "She's my carer. She cares, so I don't have to." And for me, coming in to Doctor Who at first with Tennant and Smith, and then I actually went back to watch Eccleston. Yeah. To me, it's like that's that is so antithetical to who the doctor is. The doctor is nothing but the fact that he cares. Right. And and that it, it took me almost the entire season eight to get over the fact that he said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think it was a reaction against, but it doesn't matter. I get what you're saying. For me, I I just I love Capaldi. I, he's my favorite. And then I think like I go Capaldi, David, there's not a bad one out of the four of them. Um, but I think it goes for me. Capaldi is the best. For me personally, and then David Tennant and Matt Smith, and then Eccleston, but none of them are bad. There's not a bad one there. There's just degrees of awesome. So the thing I like about Matt Smith is that he, um, in my head canon, is that the zaniness of Matt Smith is basically because he's been saving the world so long and and at such a high like level of stress and guilt for so long that he's just gone nuts. And and it's and it's just literally that he's just a madman with the power to tinker with time, and it's just like I can do anything. I could kill Hitler, or I could show up on some nine-year-old girl's doorstep and eat her fish fingers and custard. And what the hell, you, you know, know? You know when you say it like that, Matt Smith comes out of way creepier. Yeah, way creepier. Way way creepier. That's fish fingers and custard. All right, moving on. Oh, hey, we're on the main topic. Hey. Uh, so the reason we we didn't just we didn't just bring Matt in to help fill out the show a little bit. Uh, we actually brought Matt in because he is with the Indie Game Alliance, a group of locals board game designer and developers uh, who do their own thing, and I'm actually going to stop now and let you explain it because you'll probably do a better job. <laughs> yeah, probably. This is the part of this is the part of the show that I actually know something about. Well, it's so, about time you have something to contribute. Right. All right then. So yeah, IGA is actually an international organization. We work with uh, about 630 different uh, designers and publishers. Uh, we're active on every continent except Antarctica. Uh, we work with. I feel the, like those guys are the time the to penguins? kill. What about the penguins? Well, I mean, they, look, you know, I want. I want, I actually joined a uh, the subreddit uh, for Antarctica just so that I could ask. You know, does anybody here make board games? Yeah. Please, I. I <laughs> And, and you know, we, we had one guy that was going to do it, and he's like, I'm making a game about getting supplies to Antarctica. And, and I said, well, how hard could it be? And he's like, well, the first ship hit a whale. This, he's like, this, the second ship got stuck in the ice. The third ship came with no supplies to pick up the people off the first two ships. Then they sent a helicopter. They dropped the stuff off the helicopter, and it slid off the ice into the water. This is a bad Monty Python skit waiting there. <laughs> yes, exactly. It really is. And that's hanging to the swamp. So, so he 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 said basically like you know, and I was like, okay, that there's a game there. That's <laughs> yeah, but it's gonna be one of those like uh, 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 Cthulhu kind of style like Lovecraft games where nobody wins. Yeah, like you just play until everybody gets tired yeah. of losing. Yeah, and that's it's like you know the, the the game ends when someone gets punched. Yeah, exactly. Like that's <laughs> I don't want to play this anymore. This is yeah. So, uh, uh, what is the Indie Game Alliance about? What is their so we're about the best word I can use for us? We're a guild. Uh, basically, everything that you try to do with gaming, we try to make it just a little bit easier. Okay. So, um, you know, because it's tough out there. If you're if you're if you're trying to do it as you know a one or two man show. 
there's a lot you got to do. The learning curve is ridiculous, especially if you try to do like Kickstarter or something. Sure. Um, you know, you need people, you need foot soldiers all over the country, all over, you know, you can't, you know, a lot of these folks, they have day jobs. They're a teacher or a cop, and they can't just pick up and go to Essen in Germany for a week to demo their games. Sure. So yeah. they need people there. And, you know, it's tough because you can't you can't really get volunteers to do stuff when you don't have anything to give them as rewards except another copy of the game you have. Right. You know, it, it doesn't really work. So what we tried to do is basically have all these different companies sort of pool their resources to create one sort of central command for them where, you know, we go to the convention so they don't all have to. We maintain a, a international team of volunteers so they don't have to. Uh, huh. you know, we negotiate better prices with like printing companies and, and, you know, folks that make T-shirts and folks that make banners and everything else because they're going to get terrible pricing because they're only printing a few of something. But our sure. organization as a whole prints hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really cool. And this is exclusively built around board games. Yeah, we do board games, card games, dice games, RPGs, and we're just now starting to get into like the tactical miniatures kind of stuff. Okay. But all stuff we'd hold with our hands and play, as opposed to like the video game. Yeah, we we happen. don't we don't deal with video games just because we don't want to ask our our volunteers to like, hey, go buy an iPad now. Right, yeah, right, right, right. So the, no, but and I think there's there's the, the way the board game industry is has been going. There's plenty to keep you guys busy. Uh, yeah. So so uh, uh, have you have you developed any games yourself? Uh, I've got two that I tinker around with. Um, personally, I I develop uh, and and in our context developing a game is kind of like being the editor of a novel. Okay. Um, so I have developed several games that other folks have worked on. I am presently designing one of my own, but it's, it's so far away from, I don't even want to talk about it. It's, just, <laughs> That's what, it's, so, it's, it's horribly unplayable right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if I'm understanding here, so, uh, uh, we've got a, so there's, so there's somebody sitting out there who's got this great idea for a board game. He's done the first draft. We'll, we'll call it, uh, he's tried to do a rules write up and a and a you know maybe a rough look at it. So then he could look at Indie Game Alliance and find folks who will look over and say, "Hey, look at this instead of this," or "This isn't balanced. This is going to balance with this," or you know that kind of stuff. Uh, that is that would be playtesting and development. And okay. yeah, we we definitely do that. Uh, we also work with uh, you know we can help make suggestions in terms of uh, you know like I want to. You know, I have this this mechanic where I want to have like information that's secret from other players, but some people can see it. How do I figure that out? And we were sort oh. of work with them to okay. to try to figure out how to like tool components to make that happen in a in an analog way. Um, it's particularly challenging for folks that are trying to make a board game out of a video game where that kind of stuff is easy to do. Sure. Um, you know, in addition to that, you know, we do a lot of just advice about. You know, how does Kickstarter work? I can't tell you how many times I get emails about just stuff like, how do I pay my taxes on a Kickstarter? How do <laughs> sure, I, sure. you know, all of this sort of stuff. Um, you know, we get questions about things like, how do I get these, the government safety testing that I have to get in order to import stuff to Europe? And, you know, as a game designer, you don't think about that. You're sure. just like, I roll some dice and then I move some guys and it's fun. And then, <laughs> you know, then there's this all this extra stuff you have to know in order to be able to actually make that a thing yeah that is amazing so so what are you seeing what would you say is 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 the biggest thing that you see happen what is the biggest mistake that you think that you find people who want to make a board game are, are doing what are the other than not joining the indie game alliance 
What would you say is the most is, is the biggest mistake you see just over and over and over again? Just just don't do it at all. Just it's 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 terrible. Just <laughs> just wrap up the whole thing now. Um, you know there really isn't any one sort of big thing. Um, you know there there's lots of because every game is different and every game is is right for somebody. Sure. And, and everything else. Um, you know the the toughest thing that that people ha- uh, sort of understand is that. Uh, the the biggest challenge is that there's so much more to it than making the game. Sure. If you're going to self-publish a game on Kickstarter, if you have a game that's completely done, art, graphics, rules, everything, you're about 40% of the way to actually being able to ship that game. Okay. Um, and there's so much, like, business stuff that, you know, that folks that, you know, in the days before Kickstarter, you would just go to, like, you know, a publisher, you go to like Hasbro or somebody and say like, here's my game. And they have some guy that works in a dingy office who handles that. And the right. designer doesn't have to worry about it. And that's how we end up with things like trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Hasbro, <laughs> Hasbro makes some decent games. Now they, they, they do. Maybe. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, or they buy companies that make decent games. Right. Well, I mean, it gets you, it gets you to the same point, right? Exactly. <laughs> but you know, when you're trying to do it all, you've got to, you know, you're a game designer and you don't necessarily think about, hey, how do I deal with paying customs on the container ship that's going to bring my stuff from China to the fulfillment warehouse in the in the UK? Sure. And, you know, everything else. And that's that's you know, that's a thing that that people have to deal with. And, and they're not usually prepared for that until like three weeks before their Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, you know, pe- people start saying, well, what are you doing for this or that? or The other thing. And they just kind of go, oh, crap. And that's usually when I hear from them. Okay. So if they want to join the Indie Game Alliance, what does that do? Is there is do they is there a, like a, a fee or is there just like a, a is there an oath? Is there like a, a sacrifice, ram sacrifice or we don't we don't accept rams? It's, okay. It's only it's only like usually like goats. Yeah, it's, it's goats. Yeah. I just Come feel on. like goats is so like past. Hey, everybody sacrifices goats it's because that's to... what Satan wants. <laughs> the, the first thing you have to do is solemnly swear not to cut your spaghetti. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, basically the uh, we have two memberships. Uh, one of them is free. Uh, the and that gets you sort of the basics. Uh, a lot of the automated stuff that our website does for you, access to information and so forth. Okay. And then if you want the stuff where we're like hands on doing stuff to help you, yeah, uh, that's our pro membership, which is twenty bucks a month. I mean, it's the cost of a loot crate. So yeah. that's actually not bad at all. Well, well, we we wanted to keep it low because I mean, why? If we charged, you know, more than that, we could get some of the larger companies and we and and we could do more for them. But with the fees we have, is because that's our target. We're looking for guys that haven't completed their games yet, and they don't have you know four hundred dollars a month to throw at trying to market it because right. they don't they're not making any money yet right 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 you know so we wanted it to be something that that we we could target to the kind of folks that that we want to help and you know the 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 offset to that is in order for that to work we have to have a huge community and you know over the years we're, we've grown it to the point that that's happening now that's fantastic that is fantastic so what about the board game industry as a whole where are you what, what, what are you seeing happening over there that's interesting or or, or worth noting well i mean you know I'm, this is gonna kind of be old hat to anybody who's listening from the board game community but the uh you know the big thing is that kickstarter has changed everything 
you know, it's it's getting to a point where, you know, you can just do it. I mean, it's it's tough. It's not, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of learning curve and so forth, but it it can be done. Sure. Um the other thing is that uh they're really there's sort of becoming this hollowing out of the middle of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't that many medium-sized companies anymore. Pretty much everybody's either small, and once they get to a point that they're medium-sized, a large company just buys them. Yeah. Gotcha. And so it's mirroring a lot of the, the tech sector then. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, uh, what about Dice Tower Con? Are you heading to Dice Tower Con? Uh, we actually have a, a dedicated room for IGA at Dice Tower. Oh, do you uh, really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's four companies that, that do, and I believe three, two of them are member. at least one. Hobby USA is a member mm-hmm. uh, of our organization. I know Asmodee, which is the, the sort of the, oh, the sure, megacorp, yeah. and uh, I forget who the fourth company is, and then we have one. Uh, so we're going to be doing sales and demos, tournaments and stuff out of there. Fantastic. All five days. Well, we'll be, uh, for Geek's Sake, is actually going to be live at uh, Dice Tower Con uh, throughout the, we're not going to be able to do a full episode because we kind of ran out of scheduling piece, <laughs> but we are going to be doing a bunch of live stuff out there. So uh, uh, myself, our technical director, Elijah, uh, and then uh, her name is Elizabeth. Yes. And uh, Travis, uh, rocket regular guest and rocket scientist, uh, literal <laughs> rocket scientist Travis will be out there. So we'll be out there and, and doing live streams and all that kind of fun stuff. So we'll absolutely be uh, coming up and saying hi to you guys and yeah, all that. Please do. That'll be uh, that'll be fantastic. So indie game. So what, what is indiegamealliance.com? dot com? Yep, fantastic. And uh, so yeah, if you guys were looking to develop a, a board game, awesome. Hey, there you go. I think it's really amazing too because with the, with the rise of things like three D printers. Like the ability to create your own game and demo it in a real way, just, I mean, it's become so much more accessible. Yeah, so much more accessible than you know, cardboard cutouts. And right. <laughs> well, and, you know, and there's there's also services out there that you can just send them files and yeah. they'll send you out a prototype, like the Game Crafter, for example. And you know, some of our partner manufacturers can do that as well, where they'll send you out, and sometimes it's three D printed, or it'll be, you know, depending on. What uh, what you're trying to put in the game, obviously. Sure. But, so, how long has the game alliance been around? By the way, uh, we started April 2014. Okay, so you guys have been on been three years, and you've already hit every continent but uh, Antarctica, huh? Yep. We actually did that. Uh, I think a year and a half in. Wow. It was shockingly difficult to find one in Asia. Really? Yeah, we hit yeah. Africa almost right off the bat, and Asia's a big continent too. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of people over there, like a lot of people, a lot, like very, very many. A lot of yeah, I don't know exactly how many, but like most of them. Kind I think, of is yeah, really kind the, of most of Earth's population. Just over, over there. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we finally, I think it was Japan where our first our first Asian company came from. So. Gotcha. Well, that's really cool. Fantastic. So uh, again, Matt from uh, Indie Game Alliance, we uh, really appreciate you being here. And guys, check it out: indiegamealliance.com. Or come by and say hi to him if you happen to be lucky enough to join us for Dice Tower Con. Oh, my God. All of the board games, dude. Just all of the. I'm not sleeping. Uh, <laughs> Dice... don't, th- don't they shut it down at some point during the day? No. Oh. 24 hours. 24. Oh, is it really? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Five, five days, 24 hours. Well, five and a half. I'm sure a lot of folks are going to be showing up on Tuesday with it being a holiday. Oh, my yeah, God. That's true. Monster stock is going to go up so I. Yeah. Much? Oh, yeah. That no, yeah. They, yeah. Well, actually, they have uh, Dice Tower Con actually had re- releases with, the, uh, with their their information, and every year they they, they publish what they call the six two one rule. Okay. Uh, six hours of sleep, uh, two meals, and one shower. Please, <laughs> everyone, do this as a minimum. And I want you to know, I do the two and the one. Uh, I don't do the six. I get like four hours of sleep a night. I'm like, I can't stop. I have to go play more games. There's fifteen hundred board games there, and they each take about two to three hours to play. I have to play all of them. Well, so come by, uh, come by our room. I'll show you some games that play in like five minutes. <laughs> Yay! 
I like heavy euros uh, and obnoxious like heavy euros. I doesn't matter. Uh, so that's going to be it. So we want to, again, say thank you so much, Matt. We appreciate you being on IndieGameAlliance.com. Check it out. Tell them we sent you. Actually, don't. <laughs> there's, not, there's no yes. point. Don't bother mentioning us. Just go check out IndieGameAlliance.com. Uh, let's slide into our B-roll here. So for our B-roll, Harry Potter uh, celebrated 20 years this week. Who else feels so old? Yeah, I've been Just there. the oldest. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. This really, I mean, I've been getting there. And this really kind of like drove the stake in directly into the heart. This is Harry Potter, not the vampire. Not the, no so Harry. Yeah. Harry. Yeah. Yeah. So let's 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 get this piece kind of right I'm up. I'm not making vampire here. puns. You're, you're not if you want your. I don't want to be muted again. Uh, let's get this done right here. Uh, let's let's. Do, oh, I think we need to declare our houses. So what what you would declare your house there? I am Hufflepuff and proud. Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, Gryffindor. Ivan, what's your house, man? Ravenclaw. Ivan's a Ravenclaw. Oh yeah, no, Ivan's definitely a Ravenclaw. I'm a I'm a Gryffindor, but I'm like a reluctant Gryffindor. <laughs> so I don't really. Why? Like, because it's too mainstream. I really I love I love Hufflepuff. I think Hufflepuff is an awesome house. Thank you. I have none I of the characteristics that. of a Hufflepuff yeah, at pr- all. I'm probably like a Gryffindor. It always yeah, it really? always really offends me when when you see like the 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 memes where it's like you know I'm. I'm Gryffindor and I'm courageous and blah 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 and then it's like the Hufflepuff kid is like sucking on a on the ball on the playground right. <laughs> just like, like drooling eating, on himself eating paste yeah and I'm like hey we're the yeah. we're the kind caring ones okay and and our sigil is a honey badger it's a so, honey badger and honey badger don't give a not even one not even a single one so there I'm just I like I tech the test and I'm like 100% Gryffindor <laughs> and I'm like I want to be <laughs> I'm like, there's zero. If I wasn't Gryffindor, I'd land in Slytherin. I'm certain of it. Um, but I, I just Hufflepuff looks like I'm not smart enough for Ravenclaw. Yeah, I, I've accepted that. Basically, the test is the same for Gryffindor and Sly- and Slytherin all the way to the last question. And the yeah. last question is, are you a dick? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. To so be fair, I am though, a Slytherin. To be fair, though, Harry's kind of a dick. Harry could have gone well, either way. I mean, remember, the Sorting Hat tried to yeah, put him that's, in Slytherin. Yeah, that's very true. Right. It's very true. Yeah, the important thing is just to wake up and say, I don't want to be addicted. <laughs> just, just As I do every morning. I I actually wake up going, well, let's see how it goes. <laughs> little column A, little column B. I just, I, yeah. I, I want one of the tests with the, the new Ilvermorny houses. Yeah, to pick up your American houses, too, figure out where you're going to land. Yeah, you know, because yeah, I, I can't afford to go to school in England. Right, that's true. <laughs> I can't afford to go to school in America. Like, it's not... <laughs> What do you think tuition for Hogwarts is, anyway? I don't know. That school... Why are they using money? <laughs> There's no... Well, what I don't understand is, you know, they, they've got... They establish in in uh, the fourth book that there's a spell that just says, let me summon stuff. From that moment, I don't understand why anyone has a job. Why can't we, like... Because I, I would just sit on a bench all day and go, Axio a- your money. Accio all a day million long. dollars. <laughs> Accio that guy's wallet. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> or and Accio th- that stuff I want. That I saw- <laughs> right? What do you even need the money for? Yeah, and then when the Aurora show up, you remember that. Oh. But the Aurora's aren't going to show up because, like, you could summon it from like four blocks away, and it'd be, you know, it'd be like, "What did the guy look like that stole that hat?" I don't know, sir. The hat just flew out the door. <laughs> but magic uh, leaves a trace. It's traceable. Yeah, yeah, they'll track you down. They'll track you. Although, again, I don't know it's, what it- it's just RFID. It's- so <laughs> <laughs> everything just gets chipped. Um, so. Let's say, but I, I want to talk ab- about the the legacy here. Um, so twenty years ago, that would have been ninety seven, mm-hmm. right? Did I do the math right? Yeah, yes. ninety seven when, when the book dropped. So ninety seven, I was oh a God. what was I a junior in high school? I was eight, uh, sophomore, junior high school. You were shut up, is what you were. You were shut up. <laughs> I was your, shut. 
eight-year-old self. Um, so I think about its impact specifically on geek culture. Um, and I look at where geek culture is today versus 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, it will, and I, I think there's a couple things that contribute towards geek culture having gone as mainstream as it is, which I obviously consider to be a really great thing. Mm -hmm. But I think among the, the major pieces there were technology. I think the, the rise of technology and, you know, the fact that I have a phone that's more powerful than, I mean, anything made in 1997. Like, I could... <laughs> I could run the whole planet from a. Did we have razors by '90s? No. Did we even have? S no. Wait a minute. What, what no, was were, happening in '97? You were still on pagers in the '90s, in the late '90s. Oh wow! You uh, have, I, I had a I had a Motorola flip phone that had a calculator and stuff on it in '99. Yeah, yeah I, think, I guess that's I true. Think in like you two, were starting to. Yeah, they were like just 2000. starting to get apps on phones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah but the, the iPhone was 2007. Yeah. So you're. Yeah. So you're. You're dealing with. Oh, that's true. Because you are dealing with some of the original brick no, uh, Motorola Nokia phones, the ones that were like your car could run over and the car and just fine. Don't worry about it. Put <laughs> you can have it on without um, plugging it in for three days, and oh, it was still yeah. at 99. Yeah, exactly. There, there, are, there are phones from 1999 that still haven't been plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They're still. On. They're like they're like 40 percent, but they'll be fine. They'll be. They'll that battery will last longer than I will. Um. So yeah, I mean, you you. I think the the ridiculous rise in technology and. I think that brings geek culture to the forefront because suddenly everybody wanted the newest, latest gadget, which was originally the the the, the reign of the geek. Uh, and I think I think that was part of it. But I think yeah. from a pop culture standpoint, you cannot overstate the impact Harry Potter had. I, I, it was such you know I just it was it was it was a big deal. But and it's like can we pinpoint why it was such a big deal? Like we all know it and we all love it twenty years later. But like. Why this story? Why did this captivate a nation the way that it did the world? The, yeah, know? not a nation. Yeah. So the the first thing I wanted to comment on your your technology point. I think the the big thing for me um, when I was growing up because I was also seventeen in nineteen ninety seven. Um, for me, it was that there weren't a lot of geeks like in my school in my area, and being once I had access to the internet, I could then talk to people about the fandoms I loved and, sure. and and not feel like I was some sort of isolated outcast. Sure. That, right. You know, and there's a community of people who will like this with me and love it with me. And, and it encourages you to sort of be, you know, out of the closet about being a geek, as it right. were. Absolutely. A and, and I think that that was huge. As for the Harry Potter thing, the, the best analogy that I can think of is Harry Potter did for my generation and with fantasy, what Star Wars did for the previous generation with sci-fi. Because, I mean, sci-fi existed before Star Wars. You had, like, Star, Star Trek, the original series. You had Lost in Space, stuff like that. But it was Star Wars that hit big enough that the people who weren't hardcore nerds picked it up and allowed for sure. you to to experience that with your non-nerd friends and and sort of... And and it, and it brought a lot of people into that as sort of like a like a an, an introductory thing into in, like a gateway drug into sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think Harry Potter did the same thing, particularly because it was geared at kids. And it was because it's twenty years later. Harry Potter hit the generation that is the kids of the people who Star Wars hit. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think and I think it's important to note too here while. While I think it is not an exaggeration to say that Harry Potter owes some of its ability to, to go as mainstream popular as it did to Star Wars, 
no doubt about it. But it did it did manage to permeate at a level that I don't think Star Wars was able to. You know, because growing up, I still knew Star Wars, but my I, I mean, as my because as a guy who was you know born after basically about growing up, I was too young to really watch. I was I wasn't alive when the first Star Wars when uh, uh, a new hope drops. You know, yeah. I'm not alive yet. Uh, so these movies are being dropped while I'm still pretty young, but growing up, liking Star Wars was still not going to impress anyone. You know, like <laughs> you could not impress a girl with your Star Wars trivia. You at this point can legitimately impress a girl with your Harry Potter trivia. It's weird, but you can do it. Um, you can impress a girl with your Star Wars trivia too. You can now, yes. But and I think this is where these things start to feed off of each other. Yeah, I think Harry Potter becomes the first step in a much larger bro i mean you get harry potter hitting you get around the same time that you suddenly have um uh, uh, uh superhero movies starting to come back in a much bigger way i mean you've got within a couple of years now you've got the for x-men uh, dropping and you've got mm-hmm. the rise of some of these things and then the mcu launching a little a ways later but the the roads being paved for it you know right. with x-men with spider-man with some of those things um and i think harry potter helps push those in and this gets uh, the mid nineties is also when you got the prequel trilogy for Star Wars too. Exactly, exactly. So you've got oh. these kids that Does are. Does he not know that we don't talk about that? Dan Benoit doesn't. <laughs> Producer Dan doesn't talk about it. I don't like the prequels. I will acknowledge but you, there. But, you, but you the, the point is that, that that somebody in marketing thought, hey, geek culture's on the rise. Then right. exactly in order to bring that that story back. Exactly, and I think and I think you're right. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you're right. Those prequels probably Phantom Menace was ninety seven. Right. So you probably yeah, it was have the same year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you probably have a, a lot better opportunity for Harry Potter and a bunch more audience because that sci-fi to fantasy bit. Um, while you know, if you if you start to drill down, you'll find people who are much heavier sci-fi or much heavier fantasy. But at this point, that sci-fi fantasy thing just uh, geek culture has permeated pop culture to the point where sci-fi and fantasy get blended. I mean, just kind of all over the place, yeah. you know. Well, and you know, I'm finding that you know, especially when I go to conventions, you know, I, I we we do probably fifty, sixty cons a year, and it used to be that this is a gaming con, this is an anime con, this is a comic con, and now anymore, it's just like this is it's, a geek con, con, this yeah. is a geek con, <laughs> right. this is a geek con, right, right, right. You know, and do you remember when there were comic books at uh, Comic Con? Because I don't think anybody does anymore. <laughs> I mean, there, there's there's a few. You know, they they're mostly like framed like over in the bathroom. Right? And you stuff mean you mean you mean cosplay con? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. I right? Think it's all no, amazing. it's super great. Well, and that yeah, exactly. And I think, but I do. I think that Harry Potter hits at the right point at the right time. And I think to why I think, but back to your question as to why Harry Potter as opposed to. Any of the other things. I mean, Harry Potter wasn't the first story about a kid wizard, you know? Right, like, Because right. it was so accessible. Yeah. And, and because number one, I, I, I think because the first book was very, I mean, it was, it, it was very introductory fantasy. You didn't have to know a million characters, and it, right. you know, there was only like five or six spells that were used. Right. And so you didn't have, there, it there doesn't wasn't assume a huge that barrier you know of that, entry. Right, you don't have to, it's not assumed that you know that dwarves are, you know, tend to be resistant to magic. That's not a piece of information you need exactly. walking and, in. And by book seven, you know, it's it sort of, if, if you stuck with the seven books of the series, it sort of indoctrinated you into being able to handle bigger and more expansive plots and more characters in yeah. different locations. And it was, it works out great as a, as a, like, you know, a geekdom with training wheels to kind of get you started. <laughs> and yeah. then by the time you're done with Harry Potter, 
then you're looking for something else. And those are the kind right. of people that'll end up with like Tolkien or, you know, something like that. Well, that's that they couldn't really do. I solely credit Harry Potter with why I am such a large Game of Thrones fan, because I remember it was my 20th birthday. I got the seventh book for my birthday. I read it in a freaking day yeah. and I closed the book after reading the last page and felt an emptiness that I have never felt before. And that's not a joke. Like it yeah, was no, it was like no, absolutely. I, it was like a miserable feeling. Like this is over and now yeah, what do felt I like do? Like your friend died. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. And so I called my brother and I said, "I don't know. I just finished Harry Potter. I don't know what to do." And he said, "Go buy this book." Right. He said, "No, scratch that. I'm going to mail it to you." And he sent me a Game of Thrones. And I was like, "Great." cool and he's like this is great fantasy i really think you're gonna like it <laughs> a little more adult a little more adult and up. i remember and i started reading it and i was you know coming off of harry potter where yes there's darkness in harry potter but everything kind of works out in the end you know and i remember getting halfway through the first book and then they cut ned's head off and i'm like what kind of story is this i love spoilers? it spoilers Spoil at this point, I think really? I think we're probably past the statute of limitations. There. Yeah, no, absolutely. Vader is Luke's father. <laughs> Son of yeah. What the so? Uh, the the uh, he doesn't even have a microphone, and you heard yeah, that. Exactly. So they, uh, yeah, I, I I agree, and I think I think that this that this does launch a G Game of Thrones. Does I mean Game of Thrones HBO doesn't exist without Harry Potter, right? I mean, you have. The books existed, but n but nobody. No, the books existed. It was like people people I, I would, like me that were like. Yeah. Oh, I, read I would the books. argue that in part the the reason the Game of Thrones show exists is the success of the Lord of the Rings movies. Agreed. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Agreed. But I think no. When does Lord of the Rings drop? Lord of the Rings drops early two thousand. Two thousand one. Yeah, you've already got the groundswell underneath you from Harry Potter. So. Well, yeah, I, I think the Lord of the Rings movies don't happen without Harry Potter. Oh, okay. But I see what then you're I think that yes. Game of Thrones doesn't happen without, without that big budget fantasy yeah. movie. Epic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and proving that these things can be profitable. Yeah. Luckily, it was uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings and not the Hobbit trilogy that we started with. <laughs> so we had. Well, that's what worries me about the Han Solo director change because the reason the Hobbit movie was so terrible is because Peter Jackson came in after the movie was 75% made and they yeah. were just like, just figure it out. Really? Just, yeah, it was originally Guillermo del Toro that was going to do them and then he quit and they brought in peter jackson to save the franchise and he had like at one point he actually shut production of return of the king down for like three months just so he could sort of get a storyboard together because he he had basically been like going to his hotel and writing the the screenshot the 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 screenplay for the next day of shooting uh, okay. throughout the entire process it's a miracle that that movie ever got made at all oh wow so, so, but but drawing us back here. So, I think I think there's really where where you find Harry Potter's legacy. The I mean, it does. You you can't overstate it. And I think if you were to look at if I were to identify two things that make pop that make geek culture as big as it does, mm -hmm. I think you the technology is number one. Absolutely, the technology is number one um, because it, it allowed us to make to to get together with other nerds. We became a larger group, and we were the ones. If you wanted to know how to make your phone work. You know that nerd you were beating up before lunch? Guess who's going to be the only one who can help you get on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that prodigy disc, asshole. Um, so the um, there's a little bit of personal saltiness in there. There's isn't it? there's a lot of I, personal... I might still have some prodigy discs. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so I but I, I I think I think the technology is first, and I think right behind it there there there's Harry Potter. There's and it, it does hit a bunch of its luck, timing, whatever yeah. else. But there's a huge part of it that is that we haven't mentioned and obviously need to is J.K. Rowling's stupid talent. 
right. the amount of talent there is just freaking stupid. And if she, if that was everything she had, if she literally like spent her talent and it is now all gone, you win. You <laughs> still win. <laughs> you just, just, that. It doesn't fine. matter if everything else is no. If you can't do anything better than Cursed Child from this point forward, <laughs> maybe just stop. But still, <laughs> you win. Um, it just uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I well, land. And you know, and that's that kind of takes me back to what we do a little bit with IGA too, because I mean, when she wrote the Sorcerer's Stone, the Philosopher's Stone for her in England. I mean, she was working as a single waitress, uh, you know, and literally wrote the first manuscript on napkins at the the bar she worked. I'm not kidding. She (laughs) did. And, you know, and that's not to say that every indie board game designer is going to do what J.K. Rowling did, but don't don't get into it if that's what you're looking for, guys. Don't don't expect that. But but, you know, the fact is that there's hope. Sure. You know, absolutely. that, That, you know, somebody just that has an idea and is willing to put the time and the passion behind it can make something that we're going to sit around here and talk about 20 years later on another continent. And Absolutely. I think, I think that's what's so, so, like, so inspiring about Harry Potter as a whole, too, is that the stories themselves are so inspiring, the characters are so inspiring, but J.K. Rowling herself is so inspiring because yes, she is. It's, she's, yeah. she's living proof that, it's guys, it's never too late. And yeah. I don't want to be that like fluffy follow your dreams because sometimes your dreams are crap and maybe you shouldn't follow them. But if you have a good dream, it's never too late to follow it. Like you can. Well, like, and, and I think the other thing that sort of helped make Harry Potter take off is that at some point in their life, every kid has been the kid alone under the stairs. Yeah, absolutely. And and every kid, especially every kid in geek culture has known how that felt, known how yep. powerless and how alone that feels, and to see that kid save the world. Yeah, that's put, incredible. That put a lot of wind in a lot of sails for yeah. a lot of people who have never had any. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there it is. So hats off to, to J.K. Rowling and uh, all you other Potterheads out there. Uh, 20 years, freaking awesome. Good for you. I don't have a really great segue. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, okay, I think, are we ready for some shameless plugs? Let's do some shameless Let's plugs. Let's shameless plugs. Why don't you uh, start us off there? As always, I'm going to go ahead and shamelessly plug Orlando Roller Derby, your premier Orlando Roller Derby League, your only Orlando Roller Derby League. I was going to say, what? I only know of the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a game coming up this Saturday at Barnett Park at 4.30. I will be playing. I am so excited. It is my first game with my brand new home team. Uh, you can get tickets on brownpapertickets.com. You can check us out on our Facebook at Orlando Roller Derby. And you can also buy tickets at the door for $10 or from your favorite Derby Girl presale for $8. That's aren't, you my, aren't you my favorite Derby Girl? Yeah. That's You're me. like right up there. It's, it's you and the I know other you one. do love Adam Smasher. I love Adam Who's Smasher. Who is gone. She <gasps> moved to Alabama. Oh, no. And it's very sad. Oh, I'm done with Roller Derby. Hey. Well, I mean, but I mean, now you have an undisputed favorite. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Even in Alabama, Adam Smasher, uh. she was amazing. <laughs> I mean, you're also great and everything. But seriously, that was uh, Matt. Do you have anything you like to shamelessly plug? It doesn't have to be geek related in any way, shape, or form. Just yeah. I mean, you know, I'm gonna shamelessly plug IGA. I mean, that's <laughs> not a bad know, that's, plan. That's that's kind of the thing. Um, we're constantly looking for volunteers, uh, folks to come out and demo games for us. Uh, basically, if you can hear this, you are in the area we serve. Uh, the volunteers, they go out they play any game they want from any of our member companies which if you're any sort of a board gamer chances are you have at least some you go to any public place play a game you file a report on your phone that takes about 30 seconds and you earn free games that we ship to your house wow so you know that's 
That's so pretty cool. It's great. And, you know, folks that are like, you know, a lot, we have a lot of college students and they're just like, I can't afford this habit and drugs. And, right. you know, and so it's, it, they, they it's a lot harder to get drugs shipped to your house free. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can, you can do it once. Right. And they don't, they don't generally send volunteers out to test drugs. In public, so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've I've <laughs> I've seen some people. Um, you actually, they do that. It's actually legal. It's just pharmacology, and that's really what they do. It's a lot of college students actually who make yeah, it their way through. Yeah, actually, wait a minute. Yeah, un, 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 uncertified drug trials, kind of a pastime of anyway. Uh, but IGA though, much safer. Yes, much much safer. We haven't had IGA any, safer than drugs. Yes, no no one has ever died from demoing that we know all of. Right, all right. Um, although I mean, you know, you could possibly you know get a hernia lifting some of these games, but um, <laughs> if you play the heavy euros like he does, and if you don't if you don't follow the six two one rule. Yeah, yeah. Please follow the six two one rule if the, you're demoing. Particularly the shower. Yes, yeah, really mainly the do, shower. Do that, please. Uh, okay, so IGA and IndieGameAlliance.com. Check it out. That's, uh, that's great. I got a couple for you. Um, first, I'm calling out Nerdist. I'm calling them out. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, Nerdist. You're on notice. Uh-oh. They've got a show, Musk Watch. Have you heard about this? No. So I follow Nerdist uh, a bit because I'm in love with Jessica Chobot. <laughs> uh, she, she's in love with me, too. She just doesn't know it. <laughs> she's hiding behind the veneer of who are you and why do you keep... Asking me questions. <laughs> anyway, the point here is uh, two of the guys on there, the guy who does uh, the Dan Cave, Dan Casey, and uh, the guy who does uh, uh, Because Science, Kyle something, uh, the two of them now do Musk Watch. They do a show about Elon Musk and what Elon Musk <gasps> is up to. And Back off. They've been, they've been doing it for a little while, but we've been doing This Week in Elon way longer. <laughs> so back off, Nerdist. Elon is ours. Elon is mine. Elon is... I mean, I'll take him. I'm going to kick him out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> I'm not as pretty as his girl, though. See, I think the important thing to do is to get Elon to come on the show and definitively declare you the yeah, official podcast of Elon. He keeps canceling. He does. <laughs> he also... He's, uh, he's really busy, like, launching two rockets in a row or whatever. Well, she actually I, gives I me think... a lot of the same excuses Jessica Chobot does. With, uh, <laughs> who are you and why do you keep sending him to contact me? <laughs> See, maybe what you need to do is just take the show on location and just record from the parking lot of a Tesla dealership until he notices you. <laughs> There's a Tesla dealership very close by here, actually. Boom. Done. <laughs> Setting it up. Oh, my just God. 24 hours. Like, we're going to do the podcast equivalent of filibuster. If we can just... <laughs> I'm not going to shut up until Elon shows up. I want Elon here can now. Actually, can we actually record in the model Tesla that's on the showroom floor? There's no way we're going to get the mics run through there. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I mean, I try it, but... Just record <laughs> on your phone. That'll be fine. Yeah. There you go. We're going to give up all... Go- I mean, this one's audio just, quality just is probably garbage it. anyway, so we could just be the same thing. You know what I mean? Uh, so there's that one, and uh, what else did I have? Wait, I had other things. Uh, oh, the Dark Tower. So I mentioned. Mm. Uh, so we, we talked. We know the Dark Tower is coming out. Yes. Starring I- I- uh, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Um, I have started reading the series here. I'd never read it before. Stephen King scares the crap out of me. I don't like to be scared. So <laughs> I didn't read a whole lot of Stephen King. I read The Stand, and it was a little scary, but it was freaking phenomenal. And so I finally was like, okay, I'm going to pick up the Dark Tower. The first book, just want to let you guys know, not great. It's not Stephen King's best work. It's a little. It's a little hard to get through. But I'm on book four now, and holy. Shit. <laughs> um, it is uh, uh, you. Know, you you re- we we talked about J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling's incredible ability and her incredible talent that she pulled off with Harry Potter. Some of her other stuff, it's not quite as the, up to that level. Yeah. Here's the thing: as good as she is, uh, Stephen King. I mean, I run circles around her. I mean, by Stephen King's bad books are as good as her. I mean, her some of her her rather good ones. You know, yeah. what I mean? like his top end. He's just on a whole nother league and. 
The Dark Tower has been phenomenal. I'm four books in, and I I can't. I don't really want to go to work anymore. I just want to read the book. <laughs> um, so it's 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 holy crap! Read it, read it, read it, yeah, read it, read it. No, it's a don't great. Don't forget it's when you finish series. book four, make sure you pick up The Wind Through the Keyhole before you read book five. Um, there's there's like a four and a half. Ah, ah. <laughs> Went through the keyhole. This is brand new information for all. Oh, God. Went through the keyhole. I'm scribbling it down right now. There we go. This makes for great podcasting. Uh, (laughs) Great audio stuff. Look at me writing things down. We have video, Al. They can Um, see you doing that. Well, we have also, we have like 12 views on the damn YouTube channel. (laughs) Why don't you just pull up Amazon on your your Fisher Price laptop there? (laughs) (laughs) So we. We are recording. We yeah, technologically we didn't do great today. Uh, Dan and his logistical challenges meant that we're recording on this little tiny uh, laptop. I shouldn't mess with the lid; it might turn itself yeah, off. Yeah, please don't. Um, Can we not lose this audio? <laughs> and uh, maybe not all of this audio. Uh, and then we also got indie game. If you see the uh, the logo here, you'll know that we did not use a great job with Indie Game Alliance's logo. We grabbed the old one, so we're going to try to fix that before we go live. Before we do it, but if you're watching YouTube and you see the, Ooh. that's the wrong one. So, <laughs> oops. Uh, this is all producer Dan's fault, though. Legitimately, one hundred percent. Legitimately, I sent him the website. He was supposed to grab the logo, and apparently, he did not. Which is why he got fired on his day off, and Matt is now our new producer. Right, absolutely. If you <laughs> want to get over here and fix this audio, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, last thing, I've got the shamelessly plug: The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Um, if you are trying to scratch that Game of Thrones itch, and you're not terribly picky, um, <laughs> it's the thing too. It's like the Last Kingdom. That's not fair. That's really mean to Last Kingdom. Last Kingdom was actually pretty good. It actually was. We it's got only got two scenes. They're both on Netflix. It actually was a really good series. Uh, it, it did start off a little rough. It takes a couple episodes to really get its speed underneath it. But it's actually it was a really good season. We watched both seasons back to back, my wife and I, and I really enjoyed the story and really what's going on. And it definitely is trying to catch some of that Game of Thrones stuff. Uh, Game of Thrones is nothing to worry about. They're gonna be just fine. <laughs> I think. I think they're gonna be okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, George R. R. Martin, not concerned. But uh, We're but, all concerned for his health and when he's going to finish the last don't, damn Don't do that. Book. He actually tweeted and said every time someone asks him when the book is going to come out, he kills another Stark. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Uh, but Last Kingdom was actually it is good. So give it, you need to give it a couple episodes, let it get its feet underneath it. But it does a really good job. It's a, it's, I mean, it's really, it's overall it's a really solid show. We really enjoyed it. So. There, there's my shameless plugs. Yeah. Also, uh, for folks that were interested in some of the news and the first part of the the show, uh, both season four of Sherlock and season twelve of Supernatural have dropped on Netflix in the last like three weeks. Oh yeah, that's right. You get all caught up in such, and it's oh, it's so good. It's all the so binging. Good. That's actually absolutely it. So I think that's going to do it for us. So once again, we want to say thank you so much to Matt uh, from Indie Game Alliance. Make sure you check them out, IndieGameAlliance.com. Uh, Liz, do you want to tell them where they can find us? Because there's a whole bunch of options. There's a whole bunch of options now. You can find us on Facebook at For Geek's Sake. You can find us on Twitter at For Geek's Sake. That is the number for Geek's Sake. That's two S's. You can find us on Instagram, if I would remember to post pictures of ourselves, at <laughs> FGS For Geek's Sake. You can go to our website at uh, that's www.forgeeksake.org. You can now find us on Patreon and support us. With your $1 an episode, www.patreon.com slash for geek's sake. We want tacos, and we want to be able to pay for our equipment. I would have already done it, but y'all made me turn my phone off when I came in the studio, so. <laughs> oh, you we the dollar an episode. That's 20 cents each. Woo! What? We did it! 
what, what? You're halfway, that's like, you're that's halfway like, to a taco. If we are, as a matter of that's, fact. That's like an order of cheesy Fiesta potatoes. That's true. If you're not, Actually, not anymore. They up to the price. Tax the taxes and all yeah. that stuff. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Curses. We actually, we're going to have, oh, and YouTube. We're also on YouTube. Oh, yeah, we're also on YouTube. Maybe we, that's why we're not getting views is because I keep forgetting <laughs> to talk about YouTube. <laughs> We've got to we've got to shorten up that way you can find us. You we can find Dan- us on them interwebs. <laughs> well, the, at this point, I mean, we did like when when Danielle started. We only had like two or three places yeah, where they could find like us. Now we've got like nine. Seventeen. We have to like a whole segment where where where, where poor Liz just rattles off all of the places that we like. Do. do you know how long it took me to learn this? And then you keep adding new things. I know. Yes. And if if you were on a social media, just search for this the name of this show. You'll probably find them. Oh, if, oh, you, if don't, you if you search- comment and they'll add one. There you, you search on on Instagram at just for geek's sake. That's somebody else. It's not us. Don't. And if you go to forgeeksake.com, dot com, that's also not us. Which is why we have to tell them everything. Yeah. Dot org. You son of a bitch. Org. 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 O r g. Org. The that's gonna do it for us. So once again, we want to say thank you so much to Matt and IndieGameAlliance.com. dot com. Make sure you check them out. Thank you to Ivan for uh, hanging out, running the cameras for us today. Check that out on YouTube. Thank you to Liz for doing a solid middling performance today. <laughs> uh, I also did. I mean, I got a solid middling performance. <laughs> We um, both get participation trophies you know, today. There's, there's a, there's an, uh, there's an ungeneric, there's a very generic blue ribbon for both of us. We're number two. We're number two. <laughs> World's okayest podcast. Woo! Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for us. I want to thank you again so much for listening. Please subscribe and iTunes and things. Until next time, this is Al Sterling saying, "If I knew I could fail up, I'd have done it years ago." We're probably done here. <laughs> <laughs>